hopefully the uh, share price will go up to two cents. And you could become the first brew shareholders in history to get a dividend on your shareholding. Radio Brews News is proudly presented by Cryer Malt. With over 25 years in the field, Cryer Malt are dedicated to providing the finest brewing ingredients to help brewers create the foundations of a truly excellent beer. They are your premium brewing partner and proud sponsors of this. And this is Brews News Week, in which we take a good hard look at the news, the views and the issues in and around the beer community, both here and around this big old crazy currently locked down globe. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum, and joining me is Matt Kierkegaard. G'day, Matt. Morning, Pete. And I'm flying solo today because we're not all locked down. Uh, and, and, you know, with due uh, love and respect to our friends in Melbourne. Where's Claire? Claire is currently uh, at the airport waiting to board a flight to Cairns. Ah, is, uh, there you go. So you look at the map of Australia, and I know I saw somebody on Facebook had posted for their European friends, you know, uh, overlaying Australia, and it covers 90% of continental Europe. <laughs> yeah. um, so I know it is. We do have a you know, a wee, big, wide brown land. I didn't realise Cairns was, was um, fewer than five kilometres from Brisbane. Well, it, you or know, aren't you guys? Oh, you guys aren't restricted by that, are you? Well, but even if we were, you know, funnily enough, uh, you know, Cairns is local to us, um, and I, I have a very good authority to say that Cairns is local to us, Pete, because uh, yesterday I got a media release from the Great Northern Brewing Company that is this week celebrating ten years of greatness, um, and that uh, near up here, <laughs> well. The uh, media release uh, said, Great Northern Brewing Company was named in tribute to CUB's first ever Queensland-based brewing operation, the Great Northern Brewing Company in Cairns, which was acquired in 1931, brackets not included, and closed shortly thereafter. Back then, beer was made locally for locals. The brewery has since gone, but the concept of drinking locally made beer lives on in the Great Northern Brewing Company. So, you know, given that the... Available ed- <laughs> everywhere from Broome well, to Burnie. Well, regardless, but, but they're talking about Cairns. The celebrations are taking place in Cairns. Oh, it's true. named after Cairns. But they're still somehow celebrating the concept of drinking locally with a beer that, as we've talked about ad nauseum, is uh, brewed closer to Melbourne by about six kilometres than it is to Cairns. Now, the Brisbane Airport... 20, 23 kilometres, I think. Uh, yeah, well, but the, the the Brisbane Airport is a good 15 kilometres up the highway from... Uh, oh, you know, true. ...closer to uh, Cairns than uh, the Great Northern Brewery. So technically, according to Great Northern, Claire is only travelling locally, and I would run that defence in court. There you go. And also, I suppose, maybe the five kilometres perhaps is vertical. I'd never thought of that, but that way. Um, so, hang on. So, is Claire is ditching the podcast for the second week in a row? Well, I know she got punted last week. Um, you know, she did. Music stopped and she couldn't find a chair. <laughs> yes, yes. Is she going to Cairns for the Great Northern celebration? No, no, no there, there's no budgets for that. And, and funnily enough, you know, I, I'm quite convinced that I would be the only beer journalist, or in fact, the only journalist nationally um, that would have been aware uh, without being prompted by a media release that. Uh, this is the 10th anniversary of Great Northern. You got it on your calendar, have you? You got a Google alert or a... No, no, no well, I don't. But, you know, as... Um, <laughs> Facebook we, notification. Every, every now and then we do a story because it is these days the biggest uh, beer brand in Australia and even Forex. Um, and the fastest growing, I think, isn't it? 
Uh, well, I presume. Well, I'd or is given it, it only ten years old. Slowed a little bit. Um, I think it's still growing in, both in real terms because it's not off a small base anymore. Um, it's still in growth right. and significant growth at that. So. No, and unfortunately, we we did reach out to CUB over the period of some months, and I'll be honest. Initially, uh, I reached out to CUB to sort of say, "Hey, with your incredible um, memory for history over at CUB, um, did you know that this was the tenth anniversary of uh, Great Northern coming up?" And fortunately, they were aware. But you know, I also just wanted to be uh, kept in in mind um, when they were sending out or, or doing anything because uh, you know, with our interest in it, we wanted to be involved. But no, we got uh, just dumped a media release with everybody yesterday. So Claire's not going up there for that, even though it coincides. Two weeks ago, Source opened their cans uh, brew house, and Brews News was invited up um, to go be there for the opening night tonight. Um, and I mean, you and I were up. In January, doesn't that seem a long time ago? That's that's a that's a whole pandemic ago, mate. <laughs> yeah, it was, and I've I've been up again since then. Yeah, rub it in, rub it in. Yes, yeah, well, Claire uh, hasn't had the opportunity to go visit um, Hemingways and uh, see the new source and some of the others, so I thought it'd be a great opportunity for her to, uh, you know, get her Leeds accent up to Cairns and try some nice beers uh, in the tropics. Yeah, she'll fit right in there, and she'll probably be able to pick up a few extra shifts um, pretending to be a backpacker. <laughs> she could, and she... Uh, she'll be the only one. She's recently learnt to scuba dive, so she might even be able to do some scuba diving on her own time. I hope you're listening, Claire. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, good luck to Source, from Merrickville, Merrickville to Cairns. And, well, that's one of the interesting things. You know, they, they have opened, um, and they announced it uh, late last year. Um, geez, it would have been November last year, so we're coming up to 12 months, uh, all as part of Founders First as it then was, um, taking a, yep. a, a stake. And one of the first things they announced was that they were going to Cairns. And having seen the, the, the Cairns market, and there were some very, very passionate, a small nucleus of very, very passionate beer people. Um, but then you've got a big venue like Hemingway's that is a great venue making very, very solid beer, but still hasn't quite cracked that mainstream market. You know, it's, it's a bit for tourists. A lot of their... Their season takes place over winter when people are there for the cooler months, but then it's a six-month season because from Melbourne Cup Day to, you know, almost Easter, that's the, the the hot wet season, and they don't have the same amount of tourism. So yeah, and I was very interested to see how a Marrickville feeling venue translated that feel to a very different, um, you know cultural terroir um, as, as I like to talk um, and you know, make it relevant up there in a market that already isn't a uh, a huge craft beer area yeah and I guess if we look at Hemingways as something of a like an anchor tenant in a um, you know a shopping center is obviously part of the reason that has attracted a brewery that's as I guess as uh, Western Sydney local as source and then it, it then spurs more and more it's not competition, it's collaboration. You know, it, 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 the crowd brings a crowd Well, and, and that's thing. going to be very interesting to see because I, does Melbourne have the concept of the Magic Mile? Up in Queensland, there was, uh, out at Morningside, there was the Magic Mile of Motors where, you know... There, there was just, all the car, yeah, like all, all of the car yards. Parramatta's yeah. got a golden mile, I think. Okay, so yeah, the, the Magic Mile of Motors was the kind of thing. And so, you know, if you're looking for a car, you just went to the Magic Mile and, you know... Walked up and yeah. down, checking. Yeah, Melbourne probably back tires. in the day, back in the days of uh, of Reg Hunt Motors. Probably there was a stretch of Nepean Highway from, I guess you know, just out of uh, Balaclava-ish. Okay. Um, 
coming out of Brighton, yeah, down to Moorabbin sort of thing where, yeah, once you get a couple of car yards, there's all of a sudden a few car yards because people can can then, you know, go and do a lot of window shopping all in one one spot. Yeah, so similar similar kind of thing. Yeah, same deals. But, I, you know, it, it's one of those interesting things um, is having, you know, a fairly significantly sized uh, venue. It's not quite as big as Hemingway's, but it's bigger than anything uh, else up there um, that's brewing beer on site that has a very much inner city for want Feel. of a better word, um, uh, you know, sort of hipster street, vibe about street it. Street cred, yeah. Well, you know, yeah. and even like the, the characters that they, they that they have on their their, their label and their um, you know part of their corporate identity is designed to look at what are referred to as hipsters. And I know that some people get upset when we talk about hipsters, but it's a generic term. And whether that translates to a very tropical tourism centred, you know, northern centre, um, I, I don't know. And also, I don't know that there is the great um, uh, penetration of craft beer in the market up there either. But yes, Claire isn't here. We miss you, Claire. We miss Jimmy as well. Um, But in in terms of follow-ups, I also have to say, um, kids, uh, I know that some of you are listening at the moment because I received an email from last week um, that some listeners do listen in the car um, when the children are there. And some of you heard, say, Uncle Matt say a bad word. And, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't ask Joe to bleep it because I just sort of had never, you know, in our audience demographics, we've never actually checked. But apparently um, some of our listeners do listen to this while they're running errands in the car on weekend with their oh. children in the car. So, um, Well, uh, maybe we need to have a, um, a, a, what do you call it, a gateway thing. Um, you know, you must be over 18. Are you over 18 to listen to this podcast? You well, know, click well, yes we, for no we do or... on the podcast, but then, you know, it, it, it's that same thing about, um, you know... Well, I bring it down to parental control, Matt. <laughs> well, to the... But that's... <laughs> to, no. to be fair, they don't expect you to... That's the thing. No, and... It was, yeah, like... It was I, just I, one, I... one sneaky one. It was in context. Well, that doesn't make it better, and you know, it, it's if you have to if you have to swear, it's a sign of a poor vocabulary, as I've been told in the past. Um, well, not I've been told, but I've heard in the past. So, um, I, I am very sorry. Um, I'll be more aware that you know I, I do want you to be able to listen to the podcast and not you know sort of have to go off and listen you know down the shed for fear that the kids are going to hear something that they shouldn't. Nice follow up. Speaking of swearing, a fair bit of swearing I would imagine was uttered uh, after the twenty twenty budget was uh, brought down for some people. When it comes to alcohol excise, the government did not heed the calls of the IBA and the Brewers Association of Australia, who both asked for it to be cut or frozen in their pre-budget submissions. The federal budget seems to provide options for indie brewers when it comes to the the Modern Manufacturing Fund, the MMF, um, hiring of trainees and the instant asset write-off scheme. Um, Jobmaker hiring credits will enable businesses to hire young Australians. There'll be $4.3 million committed to Beyond Blue's new access for small business and regional tourism support packages were also major elements of the budget, which will aid small businesses like breweries. So in addition to the $1.3 billion modern manufacturing initiative announced last week, the government announced an additional $52.8 million for the second round of the Manufacturing Modernisation Fund. Who comes up with these things? Modern Manufacturing Fund. Then we've got the Modernize, Manufacturing Modernisation Fund. <laughs> so I've said MMF. Now it's, there's a different MMF. Anyway, uh, that's going to help manufacturers scale up, invest in new technologies and create and upskill jobs. This was something that the IBA, IBA asked for specifically in their submission. Uh, and businesses will also be able to write off the full value of any eligible asset that they purchase for their business until June 2022. 
So a bit of stimulus there. Yeah, so a lot of um, things that aren't specifically for the brewing industry, but the brewing industry will be able to take advantage of, which is a good thing. You know, it's a you need to ask how big is the industry that, you know, in a national pandemic when everybody's got their hand out, that one little section of the industry is going to get some highly targeted funding. Um, but there is a whole lot of money that, you know, if, if brewers do invest in a canning line. And I saw um, Sam Fuss um, or uh, Steph, Steph uh, from Filter was quoted. He was a case study in the Australian's budget coverage talking about, you know, um, they need to get a canning line and, you know, this might allow them to put it in and write it off immediately. Yeah, now's the time to get it if you, if you can, yeah. <laughs> or if you want to can, not just if you can. But, you know, like it's interesting, excise is one of those uh, sort of issues that not everyone agrees that excise will help the, the, the brewing industry. Um, and quite aside from that, you know, the, the government has already lost $100 million less excise um, over the year than their forecasts projected. Um, and so... You know, as Richard uh, Jeffers, um, who's a uh, regular Two listener, Bays Brewing, yep, um, from Two Bays Brewing, uh, and making genuinely gluten free, not gluten reduced, which uh, is the tricky one. Um, not gluten light. Not gluten light. It actually uh, gluten free. Gluten free um, beers. Um, Richard, <laughs> I just had to say that because there was such a discussion around uh, the article that we did, um, and not having fun at Richard. It, uh, but anyway, he he sort of asked me uh, by email when he read that article, at least FAIR should be able to recognise the reduction in alcohol consumption now. And he makes a very, very good point. You know, yeah. on, FAIR is saying, oh, everyone's on a tear at the moment. You know, it's just like drunken partying. It looks like Hogarth's uh, gin lane um, out there in the, in the community because people are just getting smashed. Um, and uh, no, uh, the, the government's own figures show that $100 million less in excise was collected, and considering excise is only a portion of the total amount spent, people are spending vastly less than they were last year. Well, the figure that I have is almost double that, um, and this is via uh, Andrew Woolsmore on Twitter. Uh, budget papers show a minus $190 million decline. I think we talked about that, that in the office yesterday, and I think he might across have... Across beer, wine, and spirits? Yeah, I, I think he might have been wrong there. Um because, uh, and he shot that quote off very, very quickly, that tweet off very, very quickly, because when we looked at the figures, we tried to work out where he got that figure from, because wine was down $90 million, um, beer was down $100 million, but it looked like spirits were up $90 million. Um, so, uh, okay. uh, so there may have been more consumption of spirits, um, and you know, and because if if you think about it, uh, a lot of uh, beer and uh, wine are consumed in you know restaurants and on bars. premise, yeah. yeah. Um, so you know, the, but the so the idea of the, the the wine mum or you know dad chugging a, a carton of beer, um, but people may be you know, having you know a, a glass of whiskey at night, um, for example. Yep. I did think his point, though, was very valid, where these industries are such an important part of the agriculture, hospo and tourism sectors, but they also underpin a huge source of government revenue to pay for essential services, stimulate economic activity in a sector of the economy that produces jobs immediately when there is demand. Um, so there's no need for shovel-ready projects, just the right policy settings to get it going. And that's that's a good point, that when you know Dan says we can get back on the beers here in Victoria, um, 
that economic stimulus that will start straight away it's not like well now i've got to queue up for you know um, buying ordering things that are going to come at christmas mm. or whatever it's you know your hospitality is one that um you know when the doors are open the jobs will start straight away well i mean I'd, on a purely personal um you know position you know if somebody made that argument about pokies for example oh you know the government makes so much money from pokies and they absolutely you know um, pokey revenue in places like Queensland underpins the budget you know I, w- I would prickle a little bit if somebody said you know make it easier for people to gamble on pokies because that's good for you know employment because people you know and people employed and the government raises money um, because I love um, the, the industry we're in and I want to see it supported um, you know you sort of have a slightly different view than you do of you can see more benefits yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That and, and to be fair it's more i guess intrinsically linked to hospitality in terms yeah. of you know dining and eating and takeaway and and all that sort of stuff as well mm. oh, absolutely but yeah I, I i would just sort of bridle if it meant we need to make it easier for people to drink because hey look the more they drink the better it is for the budget um yeah. kind of thing yeah yeah exactly um our next story, uh, I guess, you know, from smiley face to frowny face, uh, the Victorian brewers excluded from the HOSPO supports grants. When the Victorian state government announced grants of up to $30,000 were on offer as part of the $251 million licensed hospitality venue grants program, it was welcome news, uh, at least until the program opened last week and brewery owners jumped online to apply. The majority of breweries in Victoria operate their venues and tap rooms under a producer's license, a type of license currently excluded from the program. Um, is that just a, a typo? Is that a, no, a technical look, glitch or is that intentional? This was an article that um, was on the Crafty Pint um, that uh, I saw and we weren't aware of it. And, uh, you know, obviously their coverage, uh, being Melbourne-based, um, is they're very aware of what's going on in Melbourne. And, uh, you know, the, the thing that jumped out at me um, initially and... I need to preface this by saying I'm completely aware that I'm being Captain Contrarian riding, uh, you know, my horse, uh, Devil's Advocate, in the fifth. Um, But, you know, and and I saw this, and your straight reaction is, you know, once again, brewers are being, uh, you know, disadvantaged because we want a vibrant, um, you know, supported industry that gets the same benefits that, you know, for example, the wine industry gets. Um, But then when I, I looked at that, the, the reason that they don't get it is because they operate their venues and tap rooms under a producer's license, a type of license currently excluded from the program. And the reason that stood out to me is because in Queensland, that's one of the things that is being argued about. Um, you know, brewers are producers, the producer's license, you know, winemakers have a producer's license that lets them have all of these ad- advantages. Um, and Queensland brewers want their... Um, brewers license to give them the ability to sell beer um, at the same time, um, you know, sort of run a, a small tap room. But when you think about it, a producer's license is because they make beer. Um, and there, you know, we, we start getting into the policy debate. Um, do brewers want to be hospitality venues more than they are producers? Um, because this was a hospo support. It was a hospitality support grant. It was designed to, um, you know, help licensed hospitality venues that, you know, are restaurants, bars, um, and I presume it was restaurants and bars um, that have been really hit hard by closures and and, and great restrictions. Um, and, and this is where the devil's advocate comes in because 
as a brewer, um, they've always said, well, hospitality is a sideline, you know, a secondary thing that allow us, you know, give us a route to market, but we're producers, which is why we want our producer's license to let us sell, you know, small amounts of alcohol because we make beer first and we sell beer second. This, you know, by arguing that they should be included in the hospitality, I, I, I would ask, does that then open the, um, you know, the, the, the argument that, well, if, you, if you're going to be hospitality businesses, you know, like hotels and restaurants, should you have the same license requirements that they have um, rather than the producer's license because that's how we're able to target these grants to them. And it, it, it just opens up an interesting policy debate. Are brewers, producers, or are they, you know, restaurants and bars? Because that was where the um, Queensland Hotels Association were very strongly arguing against, um, saying, look, these, you know, th- these guys are producers – they want to run as hotels, and if they want to run as hotels, they need all of the licensing, um, you know, the, the hotel license and all of the other costs and um, things that come with that. So, I, I, yeah, I, I'm not giving a point of view on either of those, but it does raise an you – know, it, it's one of those issues that can be a little bit um, – more complicated that if they win that argument and they get it, does the government then say, well, we're going to treat you like we do hotels and you're going to have a more expensive licence or whatever? It just shows we have far too much red tape, far too much regulation, far too much government interference. Why, why keep, do you say keep, that? Keep things, keep things simple. Well, because we're just making up stuff. Just say, well, this licence and you can do this, but then you have to do this and then you just let people do what they want to do. And, the you know, the, the, the ones that are, do it well... We'll do well, uh, but this is this is where the definition of the biscuit comes in. You know, like um, yeah, you need yeah. some regulation because there are always going to be bad actors. Somebody will always bake a better biscuit. If somebody's baking a crap one and selling it cheap, you go, yeah, you know what? I'll, maybe people want that. That's fine. I'll I'll do something better. Yeah, but there's there's also as soon as something bad happens, people will say, well, where was the government protecting us from from this bad behaviour? That's a whole other argument, I guess. No, well, it's That's not. It. It's the same argument. You know, if somebody well, gets... it is, but no, but it, it, yeah. Anyway, yeah, we, yeah. we could, we could, it, it, we could go down a big rabbit hole there. Well, we could, but anyway. We could. So I do. Look, it was a great story, and you know, it, it, but it just highlights that there are, you know, there, there are all of these policy um, considerations that, that that come up. That if you argue that you're at hospitality, then it. it it makes it hard to then argue the counter thing that as a producer we should be getting these. Um, actually, the other thing, if I was a hotel owner as well and I didn't have the ability to, um, you know, have the same pivots that um, craft brewers have had, you know, they've closed their tap rooms and have suffered for that. But we're also hearing a lot of brewers say, but it's actually worked out quite well for us because our beer is now being ranged nationally, um, you know, in bottle shops. And, uh, you know, there's a real shift to packaged product. That's something that um, hospitality businesses don't have the advantage of. They can't just sort of suddenly go, you know, well, we're going to put our product and sell it nationally because their product is in venue hospitality, which is what this grant seems to be uh, recognising. Yep. Uh, Speaking of hotels, Matt, there's a hotel group. Uh, This is a bit of a follow-up to a piece that uh, appeared on Australian Brews News a while ago. Hotel group that struck a secret tap beer tap deals with major breweries goes into liquidation. A prominent Adelaide hotel syndicate that did secret deals with major breweries over access to an Adelaide pub's beer taps has fallen into liquidation. Back in May, was it this year or was it last year? 
It was May this year. Um, this year. We covered oh, it, yeah. yeah. Stuff happened. Um, the Supreme Court ordered Bloody Mary Group directors Brett Viney and Matthew Mitchell to pay 383 large to their former Windmill Hotel business partners, Michael and Nicholas Crouch. Um, I don't know whether they did or not and whether it caused the next thing to happen, which is now the Bloody Mary Group has fallen into liquidation, according to a notice published on uh, ASIC's website. Yeah, look, there was a um, story that we just sort of touched on as part of – it was actually um, – I thought we did a story straight up on it, but it was actually included in uh, when Asahi got permission to take over CUB and the, because the ACCC uh, gave him permission yeah, so, and we talked yep. about tap contracts then. But this, was, this wasn't so much about locking up uh, or locking out small producers or other brewers, was it? This was more about creative business. It, it, it was a case, it was a civil case um, where... The hotel group um, that is now in liquidation um, had lured uh, or in, in uh, enticed one of their young managers and his father to invest in the business in order to buy a hotel that they were looking at doing. So they invested in the business and contributed um, to the purchase of the business. But then they weren't told, well, we're going to contract all of these taps and we're going to get, um, I think it was like $160,000 um, they got paid in advance for the volume rebate from CUB alone, um, and then Asahi had a uh, had another one where they paid a signing fee of thirty thousand dollars, and even Cooper's was uh, was in with an upfront payment of eighty five thousand five hundred dollars in return for Cooper's having uh, certified beer dispensing rights at the group's hotel. So the plaintiff was suing because they hadn't been told and they hadn't shared in the benefits of any of these um, contracts that were spe- uh, specific. But we looked at it from the point of view that because the contracts were all tendered in court, and these are documents that you generally don't see the light of day, um, and it was interesting to actually see how extensive these contracts were. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I just thought I'd sort of follow up and uh, anyone that was playing along at home. Um, the ABC reported this week that the Bloody Mary group, despite you know, millions of dollars flowing through in contracted volume uh, still went into receivership and didn't pay the uh, judgment. Or into liquidation. That's uh, different li- to receivership, isn't it? Oh, sorry, li- li- liquidation, yeah. From the sublime to the ridiculous, Matt, this is an interesting one. Um, there's a sports brewing company called Zero Plus, which has uh, marketed its new Australian-style pale ale as, quote, completely guilt-free. It has uh, 0.4% alcohol. It's low in calories at 14 calories per 100 mils, low in carbs, 2 grams per 100 mils, low in sugar, less than 1 gram per 100 mils, and it is enhanced with magnesium, potassium, calcium, sodium, and polyphenols to reduce inflammation. Um, <laughs> Although, to be fair, that's the point. It's a low al- It's a you know, zero-alcohol beer, effectively a zero-alcohol beer. So, you know... Is it a health claim made about alcohol? That's discuss. Mm. <laughs> the, nutrition, <laughs> the nutritional panel um, was interesting. I, I thought you were supposed to put in like those amounts that we uh, that I quoted presumably appear somewhere on it as well. But um, I don't know. I, well, Jimmy, if I, if I look at the the chart, that's the nutritional facts. I don't know whether this is the panel that's just on their Facebook page. Maybe or their or their website, the Zero Plus shop, but yeah, nutritional facts. Um, let's see, is it magnesium enhanced? Yes. yes. Are most beers consumed 
know their name. No. <laughs> so they're comparing them to most beers consumed and comparing its product to most sports drinks con- consumed. And so there we potassium go. enhanced, yes. Most beers consumed, no. No. Calcium enhanced, <laughs> yes. Most beers consumed, no. Carbs, low in carbs. Um, most beers consumed, typically low. Most sports drinks consumed, high in carbs. Um, and so, yeah, but I, I actually thought, and we need to do a little bit more research into this, um, this only sort of cropped up yesterday, that if you're making a health claim about a food, you actually had to back it up with a nutrition panel. And I haven't actually seen a bottle of this yet to see whether their nutrition panel on the bottle is different to the nutrition panel on their website, but I wouldn't have thought that would pass muster. No, I wouldn't have thought so. Um, and, and now here's the other thing too, you know, enhanced with magnesium, potassium, calcium, sodium, and polyphenols to reduce inflammation. So based on that, could we claim that, you know, a uh, an ale or a bitter brewed in the Burton-on-Trent style with with Burton Burtonized water um, has more, you know, magnesium, potassium, calcium, sodium than, say, a soft water Czech Pilsner might have? Um I don't know. We actually we're long overdue a chat with Charlie Bamforth, but I know that he did a uh, he did a um, study looking at uh, the amount of things like silicon and uh, you know the positive uh, nutrients in beer, um, and found some types yep. of beers had more than others. But he was very very careful um, taking his middle way to ensure that he never made the claim that beer was a health drink or that beer was healthy for you because it has alcohol. Um, and he was just you know, raising it, so saying, look, you know, there are these things in there um, that, you know, have positives. In- yeah, this will be an interesting one to, to see how, how this goes. And look, it's already becoming, I guess, a, a crowded market, the, the whole uh, zero alcohol. But this is the first time that it's kind of, I guess, bled um, – more deliberately into the sports drink kind of side of things. Yeah, well, yeah, um, and you know, because remember... you, could, you could have called it a um, you know a malt based uh, health drink. Um, Couldn't you? Because it, it doesn't mention hops. It, it doesn't. But... So presumably, it has to have at least what four IBUs to be. So there must be a reason that they're going for the beer market rather than the the soft drink. Market, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, although I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of his name. Uh, his name was Nigel, uh, and he used to be the Brisbane distributor for uh, Erdinger. This would be 15, 20 years ago, um, and he was telling me back then that their alcohol-free beers were marketed in Germany as an isotonic sports drink because it had all of those benefits that we, we talked about of of beer, but didn't have. Uh, alcohol in and so you know i think they sponsored the hawaii iron man or whatever and you know as you cross the line you're given an icy cold alcohol-free beer to <laughs> to rehydrate and nigel turner his name was um that's uh and it was erdinger um so go. yeah so so it's interesting that you know 15 years later but of course then people are doubling down and they're making functional improvements by adding potassium i presume that when they say it's potassium enhanced that they're adding that over and above what would naturally be occurring in beers. But um, uh, so, so quite apart from this zero plus beer, um, that interestingly was being made at Holgate, 
And so Jimmy was actually wondering whether it was Holgate's um, Love All that we were drinking on the show last week. Um, just uh, rebranded as a like, rebranded as a or brand or a mark, yeah, okay. slightly souped up with these things. So we we need to get onto Holgate and uh, check that out. But also, I, I'm I'm interested because uh, again, I hadn't followed up uh, Holgate from last week, um, but we need to do that. Um, you know, everything that I've read is that, and everything I've heard out of brewers in the US that are making ultra-low alcohol beers, um, particularly by the arrested fermentation techniques, that because they can still have, um, you know, more sugars in them or, you know, fermentable sugars in them, um, that the yeast manufacturers recommend pasteurisation. And that's where a lot of the uh, sort of alcohol-free beers on the market have been made, you know, Brewers um, with their own brewery have still partnered with, uh, you know, like a, a Brick Lane or a Tribe to make them because that gives them access to that pasteurisation um, technology. Yeah, yeah. But um, Holgate, um, I wasn't aware. I, I don't think that they had one. So I'd like to find out, you know, what technique and how they're doing it, and um, you know what they are doing to, to get around it. Because I did get a. Um, so it's, it's Matt's mailbag again this week. Um, one of our regular listeners, uh, Matt Quinton, emailed me. He works for Paul, that's P-A-L-L, and he pointed out that uh, a lot of brewers can also employ filtration between the fermenter and the bright tanks that will extend shelf life and bring beer close to sterile. Uh, when brewing techniques are worked with to cater um, to filtration, um, colour, uh, flavour and aroma can be conserved and result in award-winning beer. I won't mention the breweries that he uh, name-checked, but it wasn't Holgate. Um, but it was some certainly uh, highly regarded beers. And uh, I thought you might be interested to know that alternative technology to pasteurisation exists where heat treatment is not required. So that is something that we are digging more into. And it may be that some of these beers are made using... Uh, a newer technology uh, that yeah. doesn't heat the beer. And that wasn't a paid advertisement by uh, Paul, but we'd certainly... And now, pal, it's... Like Paul Mall or Pal Mal, it's P-A-L-L, um, so I'm, I presume it's Paul. And Matt, uh, as a frequent correspondent, um, let me know if I've got the pronunciation wrong. And that wasn't a paid, uh, that was just a listener email. Well, you said it five different ways. You, get a, you, you must have nailed it at once. www.pall.com right if anyone's interested in finding out more about pastra- about uh, alternative technology to pasteurisation. Filtration. And pasteurisation. There we go. Uh, <laughs> and so, your checks, now, your, your uh, invoices in the mail. That's it. Uh, speaking of which, Matt, um, I, there's another product called Burkett. And Burkett tells us this that... This is a paid advertisement. This is a paid advertisement. I've got to hit this one so we can move on. Uh, so we don't forget. Brewing great beer takes time and is considered artistry by brewers. Polishing the art and expanding for the future is made easier with fluidic controls and automation of your processes, enabling more time for craft brewing density and flavours instead of stirring the mix. This is where Burkett can assist. Burkett supports their Australian customers with single cable technology for future-proofing their tomorrow. Now, that's smart. And there's a link in the show notes if you'd like to find out more if, about Burkett. We do have a big uh, brewing contingent. And it makes things simpler. Well, definitely worth looking at. So click on the link in the um, in the show notes to find out a bit more. This isn't an ad, but I had a chat with Lou Coolahan, who's um, their national uh, sales guy for Burkett, for a like a, a deeper dive um, podcast that will go into our Brewery Pro thing. But even though it's a commercially driven podcast, which is why it's on our uh, Brewery Pro, 
um, platform. section, yep. platform. It, it's really interesting to find out how fluid control, it sounds very dry and boring, but, you know, this, this idea of craft, and I'm not saying this is an ad, I was genuinely uh, interested um, in it, um, that, you know, that this idea of craft was all about handmade, but brewers are starting to embrace these, you know, automation that lets them extend their craft by, uh, you know, being more consistent. So, you know, it's interesting to find out a little bit more. So anyone who is interested, uh, you'll be able to listen to that podcast uh, on the Brewery Pro uh, platform soon. Exactly. And uh, for those playing along at home, get your bingo card ready because our next story, Brewers face ABAC over social media and <laughs> posters. The ABAC panel has dismissed a complaint against VB over its fragrance. <laughs> Sorry. Right. So you, you finish, Pete. Sorry, I just... Uh, the ABAC panel has dismissed a complaint against VB over its fragrance first, as well as considered complaints against Pirate Life, Mubru, and an NRL player's bloke in a bar beer brand. Uh, the unnamed person said that the fragrance, aren't they? They're always anonymous. Um, said that the fragrance was marketed as an appropriate gift for Father's Day and therefore appealed to children and young people. Dismissed. Why? Because it's not a beer. Then uh, Bloke in a Bar, which is founded by former NRL player Denon Kemp, uh, was subject to a complaint about an Instagram post showing a man drinking a beer out of a shoe. Uh, the complaint said it could encourage rapid consumption of alcohol, which is prohibited by the ABAC code. Decision upheld. Do, do, do we want to discuss these as we go through them or... Uh... Yeah, go on then. Um, yeah, like, yeah, so start, start with Thirst. Thirst, ridiculous. Like, you know, it, it's... it's you know, it. it are they going to say that um, the complainant? You're clutching at straws now. Well, they provide their name to ABAC, I believe, but they're just not named to to the rest of the public. But um, are they going to? Are we going to see a complaint in 30 days about the VB budgie smugglers? Because yeah, or t-shirts or or, or t-shirts and things like that. It's ridiculous. Bucket bucket hats. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd rather see a complaint made about um, oh, what is that ridiculous? deodorant that's targeted at teenage boys that whenever if you uh, get links links yeah if you ever get on a school bus it's just <laughs> link central I'd, I'd like to see a complaint about, about that before i uh see a complaint about vb um bloke and for those bar. interested in finding out more about what, what matt's doing on school buses um <laughs> well no no you be, i don't, I don't mean like an actual school station. bus that's run by a school but you know like when you get on the 95 bus at you know 325 um oh, right, okay. the, you know, thanks pete um I'm just looking after you, Matt. And this was headed, uh, great day to give her a nudge, um, was, was the, the post, and it showed a footballer, a buffy bloke, uh, doing a shooey. Um, and that was upheld. But look, that makes me just sort of, because I'd, I'd like to see beer treated with a little bit more respect um, than that. That's me. Not everyone's point of view. And I do but have to say... When, when people from outside of, I guess, the, the traditional beer... You know, people who haven't come, who have come to beer, I guess, to to make coin because they they like beer rather than because they love the process and all that sort of thing. It's a risk that's always going to be there that 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 they uh, you know will market their brand differently to what other people would 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 feel is um, you know good for beer overall. At a time when the industry is trying to you know be more inclusive to broaden the appeal of the product to a wider selection of people, it's very retrograde. Um, you know, and, yeah. and it's not good. But then again. In their defence, um, and I really am uh, the devil's advocate to writing the devil's advocate today. Um, at, you know, I was critical, as you'll remember, was it, oh, man, who knows how long ago it was these days um, in the post-COVID world, um, but it was the Beeries probably two years ago, Pete, when 
um, a number of the craft beer community also got on stage and in accepting their award uh, did a shoey or shotgun to beer shotgun, and, in, yeah. and invited yeah. you know five members of Queensland Parliament who were there um, for the first time to partake as well. Um, and so boorishness isn't uh, limited to um, a beer named Bloke in a Bar. It's not a great name for a beer anyway. Bloke in a bar. Funnily enough, I, I'd, I'd never heard of it until a couple of weeks ago when I was looking at and get your bingo cards ready. Um, brew um, because they've got this East End distribution agreement that is apparently the saviour of the company, and they uh, I, I went looking at their bottle shop page on Facebook and Bloke in a Bar is um, selling there. And even when it's on special, um, you know this fairly low-rent um, branded beer, um, it was still selling $20 a carton more than brew, um, which was $35 a carton. I think uh, Bloke in a Bar was something like $53, $54 on special. There you go. <laughs> get, get them before they're all gone. Uh, <laughs> next one. Tasmania's Moobrew has had a complaint concerning an Instagram post from September 2020. The post shows a man drinking a beer with a caption reading, double the hops, double the happiness. The anonymous complainant said this suggests that your mood can be affected by drinking beer. They said this was inappropriate for a beer ad. Decision upheld. If you love hops, then double the hops would double your happiness. Like, and that's what, what if they'd said double the hoppiness, which which it was then riffing on the happiness without actually saying happiness. Would it, ABAC at the end of the day basically run their template over it, don't they, and go, does it fit with what we've decided is appropriate or inappropriate yes or no look if you go looking for a meaning in this that you actually have to go looking for and you know pull apart the plants to see it there um you can say well this is a beer and there is a a mood associated with drinking beer that is potentially there but the clear obvious meaning of that campaign is you know, double the hops. If you like double, hops. If, if you like hops, it'll make you happy. Not by drinking this beer, it will make you happy. It's not the alcohol. You know, if they'd said double the strength, double the happy, absolutely I would see that. Yeah, but, or now in a in a pint for double the happiness. Yeah, and so, yeah, look, I I, I rolled my eyes and face-palmed when I saw this um, because I, I don't agree with it. But at the same time, you know, that's, I would, you know, I, I'm not going to criticise ABAC for it. Um, I, I can see the logic, the tortured, squinty-eyed logic to making it. Um, and But to, to me, this also shows that, you know, these professional anonymous complainants who, to make the complaint, have to know the ABAC code inside and out, which isn't the average consumer who might be outraged as they drive past a billboard or they scroll past something on social media. And instantly you have to follow Moobrew before you see it. So you're probably an enthusiast in beer in the first place. Yeah. yeah. Um, but this is where this voluntary code that takes its role very, very seriously is actually being used by FAIR to create a precedent-based system of regulation that is far in advance of anything that the government would achieve itself um you know so and, and far beyond what a reasonable person would consider far beyond reasonable what a, yeah i would argue absolutely so you know it, it, it proves the effectiveness of ABAC. it's potentially you know or on one hand a ridiculous decision that is unfair and you know 
goes beyond what ABAC is actually trying to achieve. But let's put red thoughts in the green thoughts. Ding. It, it, it proves that ABAC is working. So I'm not going to swear. Um, be quiet, quietened down, fair. How was that, kids? <laughs> A line from uh, Macklemore's um, Downtown. Jumps to mind. Anyway, uh, the last one, Matt. Pirate Life's Burton collaboration, Frontside Ale, faced the panel again for the third time in nearly a year, and the second time specifically for the brewery's winter missions video. Similar to the previous complaints, the latest concerns a number of YouTube videos which show snowboarders (laughs) drinking the beer. Dismissed. Fairingham. Anonymous complainant, get a hobby. Well, not well, no. You're spending way too much time on this. But this is... You know, this whoever is you all may be the thing, and and you know, fair enough. This one should have been dismissed because they'd rectified the problem that was found uh, against in the last time. But as somebody uh, commented recently, you know, <laughs> Pirate Life are just trolling uh, fair these days, um, and you know, they they they're kind of like you know, in in remember when you were a kid playing football and there was always a kid that had a mouth on him, and so you would tackle him harder, and he would go down and he would just sort of jump up and go you know and make the same you know sledge and you you would sort of tackle him harder and, and so he would just sort of sort of get up a little bit shakier but still said the sledge and you know that's kind of like pirate life you know give us your worst fear um now if you've fallen foul of abac and need to relook at your packaging why don't you call 1300 852 235 and the guys at Rellings Label Stickers and Packaging may have a solution for you. You might want a, maybe a sleeve or a, you know, like a shrink wrap or a, a, any sort of label um, to not to stick it up um, fair or ABAC, but, but to um, comply with the very reasonable regulations that they set out for you. Um, call the team at Rellings Label Stickers and Packaging. That number again, Matt, 1300 852 235. Mate, just and the Rallings guys haven't seamless. said anything. It was seamless, but I'm just wondering whether Rallings wants to be associated with fixing all of your ABAC problems. <laughs> you know, is, are we inadvertently uh, in seamlessly uh, talking about options? Rallings label stickers and packaging and Superman in the phone booth? Even when you've got an awesome label that you might just think of something that's even awesomer, Rallings are good for that as well, for all the same reasons. But we do. I do have a thank you to um, our regular correspondent um, and listener, Nick Gottschalk, um, who contacted me this week because he has one whole share in brew. Because he bought a carton. He bought a carton circa two thousand eight. Yeah. Um, when was it? Two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. So that, he that got offer. an email um, about the brew annual general meeting, and uh, you know we looked at that, and we. would cutting down our brew coverage a little bit just because there's so much coming out that we'll sort of do compendium ones um, when there is actually... Uh, we'll do special limited edition... Well, it's just taking up so brew much Brew-only podcast. And, and people you know, people do get tired of it. It looks like we're sort of banging a drum, even though it, it's, the, the, it, it, it is a slow-moving train wreck. But anyway, um, so he sent it to us and he has... And, and if, the kid, if the kid just keeps getting up and sledging again, <laughs> then you've got to snot him again. So well, no, we're just, just going to keep going. Well, but this... Uh, <sighs> There are a lot of people who are going to lose a lot of money um, with this. You know, when you when you look at some of the uh, investment forums, there are a lot of people who are losing money, and that's why we do it because 
they lure people in by telling them that they're going to make a fortune and you know the, the shares are down from 40 cents or even 15 cents down to you know 1.5 cents um and anyway um, nick Gottschalk has assigned us his proxy um bruce news he's given me his proxy vote on his one share um, one of over a billion shares, um, I think. To uh, now, how, how, so, how many is it? Five hundred shares we need to get a vote at the. Well, I, I have been looking for some time to invest in Bruce, so we could go to the annual general meeting. Um, as, no, no, well, it was five hundred dollars, wasn't it? It's five hundred dollars for a and, seat at the table. You know, you sort of think. So how many shares is that? When, when you look at how many hours we've invested in covering it, <laughs> um, it it's it, it's it, it's not a bad invest. Like it, it's not a bad expenditure because it lets us go and ask questions rather than wasting our time of going through the motions of trying to contact Kent who who seems to still be in that no reception area he's very um, busy he's very busy and spends a lot of time in no reception um, and so you know I've been weighing it up but when I saw that Nick has given us one has given me his proxy on one share I thought well put this out to the to the Facebook group um, maybe we could equity crowdfund. If, if you would like to see Brews News cover the Brew Annual General Meeting, um, maybe jump online and as a one-off gift, um, you, you can, in the show notes, there's a link to a um, PayPal thing where you can gift some money um, to us. And we need $500 um, to buy shares in Brew. Um, that We can currently pick up at one and a half cents. Um and, and just checking out current update, we have 509 members in our uh, in our Facebook group. So if everybody just each. gives one dollar to PayPal <laughs> or you know give five dollars, we will put that money towards buying brew shares, um, and <laughs> and ask some questions. And if we can get shareholder value for you, um, you know, like even you know, through, we'd be the first, man. <laughs> we'd be the first. And I think for five hundred dollars, we get something like thirty-five thousand or thirty-eight thousand shares so you know we're gonna have where we're gonna keep them all it's not um, gonna be a big percentage of the company but um no no here's the thing you often talk about uh, you know it, it, it's a great result but it's you know uh, relative because it's coming off a low base yes we can't come off much lower a base than this so what what would happen if if we did actually make money well look at worst you lose five or ten dollars okay so if you if you know even fifty of our that's, that's cheaper than a tats ticket. So yes, you know, so jump on and put ten dollars in. Now, if 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 we buy in at one and a half cents, they've spent most of the last year over two cents. So we can give you a twenty five percent return on your investment. And yeah, after we've been to the annual general meeting and asked our questions, hopefully the uh, share price will go up to two cents. And you could become the first brew shareholders in history to get a dividend on your shareholding. So uh, I'll, I'll put that out there. Um, we'll we'll see what the interest is uh, in in our listenership. But you know, just five or ten dollars. So, so whatever over and above, we we just like uh, put on the bar for our and, and just have a Christmas party somewhere. Uh, or well, well, no. If you donate, and everyone can come along and. If you donate through, or if if you sort of crowdfund this through um, PayPal. Um, we'll have a record of it. So I think we can actually return money to your account. Um, oh, okay. Oh, even better. Yeah, so if we hold on to it. And, I mean, they've got um, uh, options at $0.03. Cents. So the, the, the company is confident 
that this share price is, and, and that would be doubling your money. You know, if, if we company, can get the share price. To be fair, Matt, the, the company's been very confident for a very long time. <laughs> well, there's the China, there's the millions coming from China um, any day now. So anyway, I'll put that out there. You could be um, the first people in history of brew to actually get a return on your investment. All right. <clears throat> there you go. There's your incentive, guys. <laughs> there's something to do. Particularly, look, for all your Melbourne-based uh, listeners, come on. It's much more it's exciting not, to watch a game that you've got a financial stake in. That's it. And to watch a horse race. Yeah. It will give you something to do. Uh, it's now time uh, to wind this up and jump into the mailbag. Don't forget, all letter writers, um, commenters and everything will receive a Deb Blue Bakes cookie and go into the draw to win a mixed six-pack thanks to our very good friends at Beer Cartel who sponsor our Letter of the Week. You can also um, throw us some love, uh, review us on iTunes or send us in an email to be in the draw for the Letter of the Week. Um, and as we've mentioned, 509 people have already done it. You can also join our Facebook group. Just search Radio Brews News and use the uh, password soapbox. Uh, now, Matt, Menon Belted Sweaters in the Facebook group, and I've looked it up. Um, it's like a long um, knitted kind of thing with a belt. There you go. Now a I'd, belted sweater. But, um, it, but the, all the picture, all the Google images that come up are all sophisticated looking females. So I don't know whether that's why the men in belted, belted sweaters is is funny or something. Anyway, um, but so, please explain uh, the background to that um, in in the Facebook group because we are now interested. That's right. Um, so shared a short podcast on tablets for um, yeah, restaurant ordering. So in Bruce, uh, Men and Belted Twitter says, in Bruce News episode 289, Jimmy mentions using technology to order from your table without going up to the bar. This reminds me of a Planet Money episode about using computer tablets uh, to order in a US restaurant. Um, it's a four-minute segment, so worth a listen, and links uh, to that are in the show notes. So thanks very much for that, Menon. And I did uh, listen to it straight away. And it was interesting. It was a very quick uh, listen, unlike this podcast, but... Think how fit you get. Listen to this, um, and really, really interesting. And uh, yeah, sort of lo- lo- looking at what it potentially means. And I, I will just sort of say that the American uh, employment situation um, is much less secure and is a lot different to to the Australian one. Um, but it was still very interesting on the technology side of it. Yep. Uh, and one more that I've thrown in, Matt. Um, we had uh, the discussion about naught or nerd. Uh, which prompted quite a few cringeworthy puns, but I had to uh, give a shout out to um, champion home brewer and all round top bloke Barry Cranston, who finished off the comments with "It goes from bad to worse." <laughs> now that's uh, let's see. sorry, but that's that's prof level punning. He's he's done very well. I thought so. That, I thought that was worth uh, mentioning as a letter. Hey, um, and so uh, another quick one. I've uh, because it came in the mailbox. It's it's literally a postcard. Wow. Um, from our French correspondent Josh Gable. Um, dear Bruce News team, hello from France. I'm posting you this from the start line of the seventy point three, or is that ten point three? It looks it looks like a seven Iron Man. I'm seeing as Iron Man. Um, yes, it's seventy point three. Ten point three if it's Iron Man. Oh no, because I could write. Oh. Yeah. Um, he might do it in the in the French sort of style, which is has got rather than a stick, it's a like a barb. So it may look sevenish because if it was a seven, he'd probably have the little belted sweater. He'd have a little belt across the. <laughs> but anyway, it was uh, yeah. So it was at the starting line in now. Excuse the pronunciation. Le seble, um, les, which is le. If I'm right, Pete. Yeah, the feminine and plural. And sables, S-A-B-L-E-S, sable. 
Could be. It could just be Sables. Yeah. Sables. Uh, it, it might be his mate. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Because the, 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 the front of the postcard. Um, they might be friends. The front of the postcard is Les Sables de Hollande, and it's Rendezvous à la Penjoule. And there's a big clock on the front. So I'm presuming that it's got a famous clock. I'm, I'm going to research that. This only came uh, when I checked the mail this morning, so I haven't had a chance to do my research into uh, the origins of the clock, but I will post it to social media um, so everyone can join in and feel that they got a postcard from Josh as well. And thank you to everyone who does correspond. Yeah, beautifully done. And next time you do contact us, Josh, just let us know, is it Gable or are we completely messing up? Is it actually, you know, Gable? <laughs> that sounds like you just threw up, Pete. <laughs> Uh, thank you very much to uh, Cryomalt, to Burkett, to Rowling's Label Stickers and Packaging, and to our very good friends at Beer Cartel for uh, making all of this possible. Uh, Matt, how's your week look? Like it's it's busy. There's a lot on. Um, how long's Claire away? So how much actual work are you going to have to do? She'll be back Saturday. So she's yeah up there. She's the whole week. Well, she just messaged me to say that she's working at the airport. Um, so I oh, got on it. That's good. Although she's flying Jetstar, so she's guaranteed not to have. Oh, oh man! Yeah, so, so, so who knows where she and her friends language are going don't let up. friends fly. Oh, uh, Jetstar. Pete, children. Language warning. No, the kids. The kids know. Any any kid who's had to sit for twenty three hours watching the board put up their flight cancelled and delayed and whatever knows exactly what I'm talking about. They will be saying rude words to mum and dad. Um, but anyway, I, I hope she enjoys it. And Jimmy's presumably uh, out there earning cash. Or running. Or running. Either or. Um, so anyway, have a good week. Um, I'm Pete Mitchum. It's been a pleasure to be your host. And uh, we'll see you all again for the next Good Brews Week. I mean, Brews News Week, of course. <laughs> and we're out. Don't forget, if you like what we do here at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You'll find details in the show notes. You can also review us on iTunes or whatever your favourite podcasting service happens to be. Let us know what you think and help others find and discover our shows. Finally, you can tell us what you think about what's going on in the beer industry by emailing us at producer at brewsnews.com.au. All letters received will receive in return, as by way of thanks, a Brews News bottle opener. And thanks to our very good friends at Beer Cartel, the letter of the week will receive a mixed six-pack of great Australian beer. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because, as you may have heard, beer is a conversation. <laughs>